Welcome to Tangent Prime from the Crone's Porch. Where we'll be diving into the barn of our brains, talking about guilty pagan pleasures. Starting out that clutter. <laughs> Join us on the Crone's Porch. Hi, Ian. Hi, Colin. How are you? I'm doing all right. I think I'm uh, going stir crazy and the constant start stop and the, you know, the ever blazing apocalypse that is the world right now. I can feel that. I can feel that. <laughs> I am very tired right now. So I'm kind of in this weird, like, delirium. Oh, which, that's a good way to put but it. But we're yeah. podcasting, so I'm happy now. So, um, <laughs> uh, what we drinking? Uh, I made the bold, courageous trip to Wegmans to see what was up with buying things in person for once this last, like, two months. So I actually have alcohol again. So I have Angry Orchard because... Yay! Because <laughs> Angry Orchard is wonderful. Non-spawn. That's fine. Um, Although, if you want to sponsor us, crownsports at gmail.com, uh, please. Uh, please. <laughs> we will... We will gloriously, or 1911, hear that too? Non-spawn, but you can try. We will yeah. praise you to the heavens. Yep. Anywho, I am non-spawn drinking um, Euling Black and Tan because that's the only beer I have in the house, and I haven't gone to buy anything. So I'm drinking it again. <laughs> uh, Cheers. So I guess one for you, one for me, and one for the old crones. Clink. A cheers, a slancha, a clink. <laughs> ah. Excellent. Oh, that's nice. It's nice not having to do shots to get drunk anymore. <laughs> See, put that on the list for possible Lunasa. Apple <laughs> Anywho, that's true. Um, our 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 you know intoxication plans aside, <laughs> uh, what are we what are we talking about today? Welcome to tangent number one. Well, tangent prime, tangent one, not tangent not. Because we did that already. This is tangent one. Get it? Get it? It was a math joke. Oh, math jokes. No one gets them. <laughs> I always try, but no one gets my math jokes. I'm sorry. You're the only engineer in a group of not engineers. I know. I realize that. That happens. It's okay. <laughs> That's all right. I try to do linguistics jokes, and people go, wow. See, I, yeah, that would go over my head. But uh, what's our tangent for today, Colin? Ah, we are tangenting pay, uh, pagan guilty pleasures. So the concepts, items, and or media that we consume, either guilty or not, related to our faith and paganism in general. <laughs> That's true. I do. Our good friend Tim uh, always says that we should not be, uh, they shouldn't be guilty pleasures because we shouldn't be guilty about them. So uh, I'm going to try to live that, but I'm still going to call them guilty pleasures because it's a clear It's just a statement. fun phrase. It is true. Yeah, it's a fun true. phrase. But it never gives, be it guilty. It gives an allure. <laughs> it gives an allure that isn't there of just us showing up and going, hey, guys, we like pagany shit. It's true. It's true. But that is also accurate. <laughs> um, so what's what's one guilty pleasure that you have? And let's dive on in. Uh, let's see. Um, Well, one guilty pleasure that I have is anything with Oam on it. Doesn't matter what. <laughs> It doesn't matter from where. I will probably look at it and go, I really want to buy that. I have no reason to, other than the fact that I love Oam so much. Same goes for lots you can of things find... with runes. Oh, that's, yeah, that's 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 me. Um, but you can find stuff with Oam on it. 
Oh, it's all over the interwebs. I am oh. not the only person who likes Oem. Although we are a relatively limited group compared to the bum fuck of people who love runes. I have issues <laughs> with runes sometimes, though. I like yeah. certain runes. Like, Othala's a pretty solid rune. Um, other than the fact that Odin has claimed it as his own, which I'm really salty about, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Although, you know, oh, I have live. one. In connection with runes, uh, my partner and I have been binge-watching Forged in Fire because it's on Hulu for like eight <laughs> seasons of it. And great show. I know way too much about uh, forging now that sh- I, shouldn't, I shouldn't know this much about forging. But there's always, always someone, almost consistently once an episode, that is some form of quote-unquote Viking or Norse lover, uh, a Scandinavian lover. Always. Um, and it's a small thing that annoys me, but all of them really love uh, the Elder Fukthar. Uh, oh, which yes. love it too, but they love it in connection with Vikings, and uh, Vikings didn't necessarily oh, didn't really use elder <laughs> elder by the time they were Vikinging around the world. No. so they the were... the disconnect no. there just bugs me. Um, so that's not a guilty pleasure, but Fortune Fire is a guilty pleasure because that show is tight. That show is very good. I mean, I've watched it and my dad loves it because that's our apocalypse job, which may actually be coming closer and closer to our current career. Um, (laughs) I'll meet you there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, So in terms of, um, yeah, marked up things, I mean, like, guilty pleasure right away, any pagan festival. Like, some of them are unadulterated garbage, but you know what? It's pretty fun. Like, love Pagan Pride Day in Syracuse. Mostly just vendors. Still pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love the ones that go even farther. So, like, I didn't grow up with Ren Fairs, and I'm not a huge fan of Ren Fairs, but that's just, like, for my own thing. I know you are. Uh, it's no, there's nothing against Ren Fairs. I just not it's not my scene, not my era. But I love Pagan Fest that will take a little bit of inspiration from Ren Fairs and like dive into that space of like costumes and performance because it just adds to the the atmosphere. Because um, sometimes Pagan Fest can be boring. Like uh, while again, love Pagan Pride Day. Uh, it is just a lot of vendors selling their stuff, and some of them just kind of sit there. And I'm like, you could, you know, spice this up a little bit. Come on. Yeah, I w- my my ideal festival would be one where there are vendors, but there's also, like, performances and rituals and workshops going on all day, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of drama. going. Not like, not like interpersonal, oh, bad drama, but, like, the theatrics of the whole thing That's what, would yeah. be pretty great. That's also, more than just one type of representation, because... Yeah. So yeah. much Wicca to the point of nothing else. And I'm, I, I, I try I try to learn from other practices, but Wicca sets my blood a-boiling, and I can't handle it. I'm not saying it's not meant for all of you folks out there in podcast land. You do you. I just can't. I just really, <laughs> really can't. Oh, yeah. And I wish they'd even expand just outside of... Like, there's got to be, it's got to be easy to find a vendor that sells non-European specific magic stuff. It can't be that hard. 
but I swear to well, God, if I, I think have to in see that another person I, selling random herbs for nothing. Besides, besides Chinese practices, I would say it's actually pretty hard to find ones that are not kind of a closed tradition. Yeah, that's true. But there's still like plenty of artisans and artists who work from a non-European tradition who would just love to be able to sell their stuff and be able to sell their you know, wares and practice, not practice, but wares and art. Because a lot of the vendors at Pagan Pride Day are mostly selling art. They're actually, I mean, about half of them are practitioners, but there's a lot of them that are just artists that see a market, design stuff that, you know, <laughs> us pagan folks Put runes will, on it. Yep. Uh, and sell their, that's what they sell. So there's got to be someone who's not Whitey McWhite White selling Whitey McWhite art. Of somewhere. Eh. We're bitching, though. We should <laughs> probably move on. That's true. Um, one thing, one guilty pleasure that I have is I'm a sucker for any media that even remotely whispers a, a god's name. Yeah. Like, if, it, if it's mentioned just somehow in the title, or just, like, a character will say it somewhere 300 episodes in, I'm on it. I will watch it. Yeah. Even if it's... I terrible i i continually disappoint myself because anything anytime it comes up i'm like they're gonna get it wrong or they're going to make me mad and every time i'm like but 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 it has happened numerous on numerous occasions where i'm like this is a no although in some cases i have been surprised where i'm like you're wrong but this is still fun so i'm going to watch it American oh. Gods has come closest to not making me angry about these sorts of things. It's true. I, That's a tangent for I, a different episode. That is. <laughs> about Neil, Neil, Neil Gaiman will be his entire own episode tangent. Yes. Yes. I do. I do take. I do take some umbrage with how Lou's story is portrayed, but beyond that, I don't have many grievances. No. I don't Actually, either. Mad Sweeney. Is it, I'm like no, that's about right for one of the fair folk. That that checks out. Yeah, <laughs> they would totally insult your dead wife, then browbeat you with a newspaper, get into a fight, lose, and laugh about it. That yep. is absolutely right. It's true, and it's gotten me not into trouble, but I've spent so much money on things like I suffered through. Let's see, how many video games are there? six god of war video games outside of god of war 4 which we'll uh touch on in 30 seconds um and each of the like six god of war video games is not great i'm going to love it hot take i only like the most free the the most uh what's the word the newest one the yeah. other ones the greek ones i'm like this is hot garbage not necessarily mythologically because i'm one of those people who doesn't care at all about greek mythology but um yeah no i just don't enjoy the games the newest one is fun the newest um, one is great no but that's it, i suffer i bought every one of them even though the one before the one before it was bad but pagan-esque and uh jump drop my money on it very fast embarrassed about it i mean <laughs> yeah should we should we go should we go forth with our 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 unadulterated love of the most recent game, or should we touch on other little things before we deep no. dive? 
we're at the door. Let's let's oh, okay. kick in the door. Might so, as well kick kick the door open. Fair for enough. those of you who somehow missed the year 2018, uh, and uh, if you're a video gamer, 2018 was the year of God of War 4. <laughs> um, Nothing else, just God of War 4. No, it won so many of Game of the Year awards. I think it won the Game of the Year award. Um, it's just a brilliant video game. Santa Monica Studios, who had, did God of War the whole way through, uh, decided that it was time to rebirth the series after, I think, three or four years, or even longer. I think longer. Um, but God of War 4, set in uh, a Norse area don't know where don't know if it's really specific to any location it's midgard asterisk earth yeah yeah but i don't know if it's any it's not like norway or something it's just a nondescript esque country um and kratos has returned but this time he's older somewhat wiser and he has child he does i would like to also put the gold star of approval on this game for also being this is how you do nostalgia bait you make something new and interesting and continue a good story rather than just trying to reboot a story and being a crappy knockoff congratulations yeah. god of war you know how to do things right one gold yes. star there will be more to come um second gold has... star i would put on it is the combat was improved because the combat, while people like to make fun of original God of War because it's a little button smashy, it's it's pure unadulterated fun rage combat. You're just smashing. And they added so much variety. New weapons, uh, new abilities. They they just kill, knocked it out of the park with the gameplay yeah. style. It's such a fun game to play. Lots of replay value because there's so many small hidden mini games inside of it. So, second gold star, brilliant gameplay. Love it. To my shame, I have never actually played the game because I am a scrub who doesn't own a PlayStation. Um, That's okay. And I don't want to pony up the money to buy it. However, I have watched the entire story multiple times through because the voice acting is amazing. That too. Um, and has many great voice actors, including one of my favorite actors in the history of other who plays Kratos because he's wonderful <laughs> and has the best voice in human history. Um, but the story's really on point, really engaging, sets up a really exciting story that you want to see play out over multiple games. Sometimes they're just like, here's a story that we're going to drag out. In this case, it's like, no, I really want to see what's happening. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent. Also, one of the best Scottish accents in the history of ever in video games so <laughs> well played mm -hmm. um, yes and i would beyond a, i would put a third oh. gold star on their i think attention to detail because they definitely took liberties mm -hmm. with the mythology oh, but yeah. they made it make sense for their world so you're not mad that they took you know a character like freya and kind of stretched it a little far but okay but let's be candid their version of the story fits up with our opinions of Norse mythology far more closely than any of the sagas. That's true. That's true. But uh, that might be because we just take our cue <laughs> on Norse mythology a little bit from God of War 4. <laughs> more so That's than That's partly Aedas. true. <laughs> That's very <laughs> true. It's also just because you and I really don't like, like Odin. So it just kind of feeds our fire. It's, it it's affirming. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily healthy, but it's affirming. 
I mean, this is kind of where our headcanon that Freya and Frigga are the same person comes from, because it's a storyline in the game. Okay, mythologically, that is absolutely true. I mean, technically it's not, because, you know, whatever you think is true is kind of true. But, like, originally, it's pretty clear that Freya was actually Odin's wife, and in the Anglo-Saxon version of Norse mythology, that is absolutely what is happening. (laughs) It's true. I also just, like petty odin a lot in that game even though you never meet him he's like not in it at all uh, just like oh, all his no, no, petty no. storyline drag queen out. drag queen odin doesn't even need to be there to feel his salt no she is all over that no no backstage <laughs> shank a bitch grab a weave odin is fully present throughout mm. mm-hmm he is um it's pretty then, it's pretty great <laughs> also god of war 4 is the whole reason i have a a, a relationship at all with Dunder, just because i love the character so much and then i just started reading about Dunder and then ended up with a snake in my stomach so that's just like how that whole happened so thanks god of war 4 for my uh pagan relationship with a <laughs> giant snake yeah, God bless. no, that's, that's, you know, when, when progress happens, progress happens. Yeah. Um, we should talk about books. Oh, yes. Uh, if you, you not, well, some of the listeners know us because some of the listeners are people we know in real life. Uh, but if you know us at all, uh, we love books a we lot. Do. Uh, I so uh, love just owning books. Uh, my guilty pleasure for pagan Me books too. comes in just owning them because uh, it's a weird pride thing of just having an entire shelf dedicated to different practices, not even practices that I necessarily would call my own, but just like little mini library. There's a, a little bit of pride in just having access to that on a shelf. I entirely agree. I One of my greatest goals was to have a bookshelf full of books, and I have achieved that goal because I just got a bookshelf. Um, <laughs> I also love pagan books. I mean, when I was creating a budget, when I started to have an income, that was a line item. Um, so that's it for me. I've had to institute a rule of I have to read a book all the way through before I buy another book because otherwise it'd become inordinately expensive because every time I walk in a magic shop my first thing to do is go to their bookshelves and find a book I want mostly because I have a one-track mind and try to find any new book about Celtic and or various other forms of British insular paganism that I can find not that I dislike any other forms it's just that's the one that speaks to me so I'm like any new book I want (laughs) <laughs> yeah i have a similar mentality when i'm on any website book website or just going into magic shops i go straight to the the library it's also for me uh a little bit of a treasure hunt because i am of the opinion that there are lots of very bad books out there horrible books yes. and so it almost becomes a challenge to find the good ones and to find them wherever you can because i found some interesting ones in uh in not hot topic uh not box lunch there's a third one that like more west coast that's still within that family of stores that what existed there and it's horribly aesthetics or horrible aesthetics <laughs> in it but uh reading through it's like a book on practical magic like it's it's for a tumblr which aesthetic 
but like the practices <laughs> in it are pretty sound. They're practices I know of just from other things. They're just written so much more friendly and like intuitive for someone who lives in the 21st century that I was just like, this is actually a great find. I would never admit to owning Oh, well, I guess I just admitted on a podcast to owning it. But shame. <laughs> it's not shame. one <laughs> true. It's not one I would definitely show people, but if I ever met someone who's like just trying to get Why? into it and is really scared of the big books that are written like they're in Shakespearean prose I'd be like here take this you'll it's much more fun to get into this than it is to get into the old-timey respectability politics version of the books I get I call those PTs yeah pretentious tomes um yep I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be ashamed my first book about paganism was a secondhand store book called Magic Made Easy. And while I don't agree with all of its processes, it definitely set me on a path of understanding like a fundamental approach to a more witchy mainstream version of magic that while not the main influence in my work was definitely a good like door into the vocabulary to work with other people so there's no shame in reading any particular book it's just you know find what works for you and pull it out we're not that's one of the great things we're not a dogmatic generally set of <laughs> religions so you can just take the pieces that work i mean we just talked about how uh my practice is a good 10 percent, 10 to 12 percent influenced by god of war 4 I have taken some very direct practices really? from God of War 4. <laughs> I did not realize that it was such a high percentage. We're, we're going to have to have a conversation about that later. Maybe that's yeah. a tangent of its own. That probably is a tangent of its own, but there, that's how um, I like forming faith that way. Like I like taking, obviously, some texts of tried and true practices or practices that are just handed down. I have a book that's just like your grandmother's magic and weird things your grandmother's. It's like a collection of weird things grandmothers tell you to do that you just kind of do because it works. But I also like to just pull stuff out of pop culture. It's what we're living in. So taking uh, cues of what Odin's like from American Gods, taking cues of Jormundunder from God of War 4, uh, reading a, uh, I can't think, there's an anime that is, oh, like Seven Deadly Sins, not necessarily pagan-focused, but uh, some of the magic-y things. Taking some cues from anime, uh, and then just, like, morphing that into a practice and being like, yep, this is my practice. It doesn't all have to come from books you bought on the pagan bookshelf of uh, Barnes & Noble. You can get it it's from true. anything. While it isn't, say, as, um as pop culture as god of war 4 i mean my my work is like 30 at least 30 percent influenced by the celtic myth pod show their versions of the myth have kind myths have kind of informed what i do and i've tried reading the books and i'm like this is really different i don't <laughs> like this version as much so like not as pop culturally but definitely in the same vein yeah, and so I like, uh, again, guilty pleasure of any, if it mentions gods in it. I haven't bought the Percy Jackson series. I think I'm a little aged out of that, but I would definitely buy it for my child. Like, I will be like, here you go. It is different. Um, I have fine. lots of conf conflicting feelings about the Percy Jackson series. Not necessarily over anything mythological, more just 
my own personal issues with queer baby shit. Uh, yeah, that's that's a problem, but um, like it's worth reading. Go for oh, it. Oh, exactly. You do you. Um, so we've kind of touched on lots of bases, but what are we th- like? What would you say is probably your your most I guess, quote-unquote, pagan guilty pleasure in terms of TV or YouTube or whatever other things that you watch, other than, of course, American Gods, which we've touched on. Hmm. I don't know. That's kind of... Those really fill up my world. I think the only other pagan guilty pleasure I can think of that is not in that is I just love any divination practice. I will just collect them. (laughs) I won't use them at all i have my tried and true methods but i like having a black mirror i like having a crystal ball i like having several different tarot decks oracle decks i will probably get an oum just to have in the house you never know who's gonna walk in and is gonna need a divination tool i have rods uh i can't for some reason have pendulums because i just lose them um i don't know why but I just love divination divination tools. I will collect as many as I can just to have as many as I can, regardless if I use them. That's, that's entirely fair. Um, My, I think mine in terms of, if we're going to talk about items, um, cauldrons, I like. (laughs) You do have a lot of cauldrons. Very much. I, I really like, um, I really like having a candle for every deity that I work with. Ooh. So I've got candles everywhere. Are you a mason jar pagan? A, a little bit. I have a lot of jars. Um, <laughs> never tell also a pagan sticks. that there is a sales on jars. Oh, yeah, sticks. But never tell a pagan there's a sale on jars uh, because we'll just go wipe it out. <laughs> no matter the size, as you long as I, sizes. I find it. I have many sticks. I have a tiny, tiny spear that I use for anxiety murder. Yes. And I have two large staffs that i made myself one of which is for guiding spaces and the other of which i use is kind of my own personal stick apparently it's a druid staff now because lou decided to put those words in my mouth (laughs) um and i'm still figuring out what that means but yeah i I like i'm a stick person i love my oem my oem are great i haven't done a reading in a while but i probably should um so yeah but let's let's talk about how to do pagan guilty pleasures badly because Sabrina non-spawn is a thing, and <laughs> I think we should talk about it because this should be our like tangent version of bitchcraft. Because oh. when we talked about our guilty pleasures, let's bitch for a little while because we're salty and the world is mean. So let's tear <laughs> apart someone else's artistic vision. Oh, uh, I think the thing about Sabrina that I hate the most is that one sabrina the teenage witch the original series was so good and so yeah they didn't have to do this they didn't have to take this now archie inspired sabrina and do anything with it they could just let it live and let sabrina the teenage witch be our nostalgic uh witchy fun time sitcom just leave it which is disappointing from what i understand although i haven't read it myself the comic book that it is based on the graphic novels are actually really good they are a dark take on sabrina but they're really solid this is not (laughs) yeah and then i dislike shows that 
basically set you up really well. Like, have their faults, but are just solid stories, and then drop a brick on you and are like, yep, and now we're going to do it all badly. Because that was Sabrina was for me. It was really good yeah. through series one and two, and then all of a sudden the pagan yeah. introduction was really out of left field and bad. Can I, because this is a podcast that we own, can I indulge myself on giving a short version of my emotional trip through watching Sabrina? Uh, of course. Uh, Thank spoiler you. alert <laughs> for whatever yeah, we're about to Spoiler alert. Say. If you want to watch Sabrina, don't listen to me do this. Okay, series one. Pretty cool. Taking a lot of, like, real-world demonology concepts and being really clever with them. And I was like, this is awesome. Part two, I was like, this is still pretty neat. You're playing a little faster and looser, but I'm okay with that. I'm mm -hmm. here for Lilith. Great. Awesome. Then, was it... Yeah, I think the most recent one was three. Mm -hmm. If it's not, someone will correct me. Um, I was like we are getting into some really weird places. Because um, it's kind of like someone dropped a brick on my head. Because the first thing was, like, it was kind of like a brick in front of me. Because I was like, you're getting into some really uncomfortable, uh, like, allegories for abuse and rape, and I'm not comfortable with it. Um, that may just be my own personal problem, because I've never had to deal with those issues, so I can't speak to them. Mm -hmm. Um then, but the the brick that dropped on my head was the pagan stuff, like you said. They introduced pagan. They weren't really deities. They were more like mythological figures. And I was like, this could be interesting. I mean, one of our characters are, you know, the trans lead character who I cannot even begin to speak to their portrayal. I'm not even going to try. That's not my area of expertise. Began dating Robin of the Green, basically Puck and. That was fine. He's a decently portrayed character. Um, but the other stuff where basically they're just a bloodthirsty all the time, which I'm like, thank you, lowest common denominator. Um, B was then them f trying to force the witches to worship the pagan gods. And I'm like, you have missed the concept of paganism in its entirety. <laughs> Prophetizing is the anathema of paganism. It's true. What I've are never, you doing? I have never met a prophetizing pagan. I think ever. I've met vocal pagans. I am a vocal pagan. But the idea of one trying to force their beliefs on another person, it seems to me to be like not what we do. Like that is like rule number one. Don't do that. That sucks. That's yep. being an asshole. That Don't is, be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. We have one simple rule. Don't be an asshole. And yet, it's constantly violated. <laughs> Agreed. So yeah, that's um, yeah, it's a rough time. It it, it becomes a rough time. <laughs> it's true, and that's why these guilty pleasures always end up feeling guilty because the nine times out of ten, there's always the the brick dropped on your face. So yeah, I cannot speak to the lack of pagan creators. I think that there are some who work in every sector of media to consume. I'm sure there are plenty of Wiccans who work in plenty of areas of media to consume. It just doesn't never seems like quite enough to get where we want to be. That said, there's plenty of great things going on. So many books, like a shocking number of books for considering that 
worldwide we are of a minority religious group <laughs> shocking number of books that's because everyone writes like 40 books that's true i mean scott cunningham's got true. upwards of like 50 that's and true some producing... of my favorite authors have <laughs> at least six and they produce them posthumously scott cunningham still produces books from notes that people find i i want to believe that scott cunningham created like a little a little um treasure hunt <laughs> as part of his like last one testament he's like quietly i need you to go hide these partially written manuscripts in places so that people can discover them and then i can fuck with people from beyond the grave <laughs> head cannon approved asterisk more so than usual because i'll probably haunt people that's true i mean so let's take this last uh, little bit let's do some recommendations for folks let's start with media what media do you recommend for folks well obviously like top of the list is god of war 4 <laughs> i will put american gods up there with god of war 4 is uh, a must see if you're a pagan persuasion type person great story i will see i will see your american gods and i will raise you a um i'm trying to think of the best thing that i can raise you yeah i will i will raise you a celtic myth pod show because they're pretty great even if you don't believe in anything just good storytelling Ooh, on that vein i would also recommend the spirits podcast uh they're not so much pagan focused but they just do local myths and legends and people call in and tell them ghost stories and they try to like connect them to local stories and other things that they know also a great podcast if you really want to be guilty in your guilty pleasure, I will suggest Supernatural because it's utter garbage, but it's quite entertaining. <laughs> and watching and watching Odin have an argument with Ganesh about who's older is pretty freaking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything coming out that we should recommend? I can't think of any things in my pagan world that I'm like excited for. Well, if and I'm not sure about coming... Actually, yes. I have two things to add, actually. One is coming out. One has come out. One is coming out is the Artemis Fowl movie oh, is yes. coming out in June. And it's coming to Disney+. Plus. So if you want to start your free month trial, now is the time to do it. <laughs> um, at non-spawn, totally a life hack. Uh, so that is very fairy-focused, very fair folk-focused. Not If you've read the books, not super like accurate to the mythology so much but it's really inspired really fun by an irish writer great um that movie is a disney version directed by kenneth branagh of all people i just mm. want to see that train wreck happen it does have jane it does have dame duty dench in it though um <laughs> and one thing that has come out on netflix non-spawn uh we have the movie neja which is a retelling of a Chinese mythological story about one of the more minor deities. It's, even if you don't ha add any magical connections to it, it is beautifully animated. The story is wonderfully told. Watch it, in, watch it in the Mandarin because the English voice acting is abominable, but the Mandarin's incredibly good. The subtitles mm. are fine. Super, super worth watching. Um, I would highly suggest that. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I think I would recommend is finding your local magic shop. That's Definitely. A, always a treasure trove. Uh, uh, obviously, be careful. There are some very misleading ones, but uh, 
I would find your local magic shop. They always have fun things in there, and the content's always changing out, so you always find new stuff when you go in. So support your local businesses. Indeed. Um, I would honestly suggest you can can actually meet some interesting people in magic shops. Like, 70% of the time, it will be, like, random new EH people who don't actually believe in stuff. They just, like gems and stuff but like you can still have cool conversations generally the owners are often like really fun to talk with mm-hmm. yeah well i mean this tangent's been fun we got through a lot of yes. we, <laughs> we hit a lot of things that we, we always did. talk about i mean it's kind of like a deep dive into the unorganized barn that is our collective brain and our collective church because this is true. <laughs> if we ever get this church off the ground, this is what the content will be: unorganized, random bursts of creativity. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's about right. You have your crones perch. We're working towards the crones barn. Um, <laughs> that's true. Is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? I think I'm good to go. I'm good to go. So if you're interested in following us, we are on Instagram at crones porch and on Facebook at crone porch. Uh, and if you have any comments, if you'd like to sponsor us, if you're a, a company out there, if you're <laughs> anything we enjoy, I'll try mostly anything once. Um, you True. can reach us at uh, gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. So please do reach out. Let us know. <laughs> Tweet yes. at us. Well, we don't have a Twitter. Um, <laughs> do Instagram things at us because you're bored. It, You know, do whatever. Yeah, so the next thing that's coming up, we have our June episode where we are talking about Quarren Crones because it's of the moment, high summer, quarantine. Quarren Crones. It's very true. Mm-hmm. And then on um, on or around June 20th, we'll be doing our Litha episode, which we have talked about in great detail. We will be doing our first live event where you can talk to us live while we research Litha. It'll be a great time. We really suggest you tune in for that. Um, we will add more details, but I would also like to say, cool little thing, on the 20th, being the summer solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, there will be a online live uh, video of the sunrise at at the uh, at Stonehenge, where one of the alignments will actually be for that sun, and it looks really neat from the old videos I've seen. So mm-hmm. if you're down for that and want to get up at... Oh, see, it'd be five-something at British time, so that'd be, like, three-something our time? Go for it. <laughs> also, um, well, it, there should also be a live stream of their solstice ritual, shouldn't there be? I I am not sure about this year. There generally oh, has fair. been, but I ah. don't think they're doing anything this year because Stonehenge is closed. That's fair. That's very fair. Oh, well. If we, next year we'll drop the link in our description about <laughs> live <streaming. laughs> it's plans. true alright this has been fun yep so I will say Shlan and I will say Tosvitanium we'll see you next time on the Crone's Porch woo woo bye <laughs> <laughs>